1: This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast. With Steve Nudelberg, here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based on the book of the same name, The 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders. We got hardcover, we got paperback, we got an audiobook in your dulcet tones. Yes, sir. And we've made it already to number fifty-seven. Last week I was like like Heinz fifty-seven, sauce, and then your guest goes, wait a minute, Dwight Stevenson, Hall of Famer south florida byron sports Adelman. legend yep. and, and entrepreneur so he's
2: perfect for this yeah byron so shout out. our guest byron has done business with uh with, with dwight and i actually did business with dwight back in my sports marketing day, so, so let's
1: introduce the audience to your guest yes. who's a friend of yours i guess for 25 years he may say otherwise you know you, he may be like well i didn't like you for the first 13 but we have been friends for south uh, for the last 12 that, that's a doubt no, you, never you never day know one great well, <laughs> partner at best foot forward <laughs> <laughs> sales incorporated Byron Dennis, nice to see you. Normally, I don't trust anyone with two first names. I've got three. What's your Thank middle you name? Thank you very much. What's your middle name? Craig so I really don't trust you <laughs> great initials though BCD
0: you can't beat that BCD
1: so you got 29 minutes to earn my trust well trust actually if you jumbled that it's CBD so, well it's <laughs> a different conversation altogether Steve why don't you tell us about how you met our guest why you've been friends 25 years and why he is deserving to be one of your guests on your podcast so,
2: so here's the best part we met uh, 20 plus years ago mm-hmm. we actually met at a cigar event with jim mandich mm-hmm. god rest his soul we were introduced god rest his soul all mm-hmm. right miami my windows open yeah. um so we met we we sort of you know enjoyed our conversation and little did we know that shortly thereafter we would be in tampa at the super bowl together
0: right right and the story really goes is you had a meeting in Tampa with a good buddy of mine. Correct. And you told him you'd met me, and he was like, you know, stop telling whatever. Yeah. How
2: could that be? Right. You know, what are the chances of right. that? Yeah, and, what are the odds? And, and all of us are tremendous friends to this day. Byron and I have actually gone into business together. Really, uh, we, we actually created a product, which I is no longer in business, but we um, are true entrepreneurs. We've had um, some of the best times in my life with this guy to such a degree that before we got here, we... We filtered the conversation and said there's certain things we cannot talk about on this show. Really? Yes. So,
1: so Byron, you're aware of the uh, the no-fly list? Absolutely. Topics,
2: conversations. There's probably people, places, and certainly things. Like, Like you can talk about some stuff. Right. I mean, there was a time when we would travel, and I was Vin Diesel, and he was Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <it> was like, <laughs> in L.A., that's right. We did that. We did that.
1: You'd be in, like, a hotel lounge. And
2: people thought that's and who we were. Say, no, you'd no. Say, no, no. Hi, they wanted so, autographs. I us yeah. go yeah. I said, yeah. Let's just yeah. go with it, I said This yeah. yes, is my friend Wesley.
1: How, how <laughs> many years ago are we talking? Because I'm looking closely at both of you, yeah. and I don't see a strong resemblance, really, to either of them. Didn't I, have to be. Didn't have to be. <laughs> They've they'd, they'd been drinking, and it was dark. Yes, yes, And you can be whoever you want to But it worked. Yeah. Listen, and so,
2: you know, the, the reason why I wanted him on here, and I'm I'm shamed that it's taken so long. But Well, you uh, should be.
1: I am. I'm you ashamed. should be, because I proposed, like, episode four. I go, what about Byron Davis, <laughs> or Dennis? And you said, uh, who's Byron Davis? And I'm I only going I'm gonna to Dennis. let you
2: say
0: a couple of bad things about him again. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's There's a limit. <laughs>
1: yeah, we got about 26 <laughs>
2: more minutes, so here we go. So I, I truly <laughs> believe that he, we are brothers from another mother. Right. I totally believe that. I know people say that. Um, we have all of these life uh, history things that happened when the hurricane hit. Mm-hmm. I spent time in your house yep, yep. with our friend, John, God rest his soul, Junior yeah, um, Buddy. Which was unbelievable. Yep. I mean, really. I mean, just the, the level of we, we that mm-hmm. New Year's Eve we spent...
1: Betting on the golf course?
2: Yes, right? yes, yes. <laughs> Again, that's one of those stories. Wait a minute!
1: It sounds like it sounds like you're getting into the things that you told him you couldn't talk about. No, no, no. For your interview. No, no, no. no, no, no. no, no, no. Oh, those no, no, are no. clearly no. out of bounds. Yes, okay. yes. But, but why he's on the show? Yes.
2: Uh, aside from being just, well, you know, one of my favorite people on the planet, is he lives the entrepreneurial dream. Mm-hmm. We talked about. We just updated each other on all the projects we have going on. And you had a line that I hope you remember that I said, that's what we're going to start. This right,
0: thing with. right. What's the line? Uh, well, it, it's based on where my business is right now. I'm either going to slit my wrists or I'm going straight to the bank with a big check from this contract that I'm waiting to hear about right now. So okay. he's
2: waiting yeah. on an. On so you're call.
1: waiting on one right now. Yeah. And it's either going to be the end of you or you're going to it's going to be really. the Absolutely. Start.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a major risk uh, somewhat major reward.
0: Well, that's what entrepreneurship is all about. I mean, Steve will tell you, I mean, I spent the first, you know, 20 odd years of my career in the corporate sector Mm -hmm. had some great success, but in terms of what we're doing from an entrepreneurial standpoint, the satisfaction that you get is unbelievable. And, And I'm the product of two entrepreneurs. It took me a while to, to say, take that lead and, and, and jump in, but I've got both feet in and, and uh, looking to make it happen. 2019 uh, is already shaping to be a great year from a business standpoint. Um, the life lessons that I've learned, I, I tell people
2: all the time I'm an entrepreneur and I've got the scars to show <laughs> right. you.
1: Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I mean, unbelievable the, you know, the how we came to get into business together. Um, You you were representing some big logos. He had worked for Coke, Mm -hmm. worked for uh, uh, Coors, Mm -hmm. which were big, big jobs.
1: And doing what? And doing what with those brands? Yeah, so my
0: background is really on the consumer product side from what's called traditional brand management and retail sales. So at Coors, my last role with them, I uh, managed the entire convenience business, which is a $500 million business. Mm -hmm. I had probably a 45-man team around the country managing what's called key account sales. So your responsibility is to not only maintain the business, but it's to grow the business the right way.
1: And then when you say convenience, are we talking about like the type of retail outlet? Yeah. So in the retail business, your,
0: you know, your sales station, your sales business is based on channels. So your team can say manage grocery retail. Your Mm -hmm. team can manage big box clubs convenience stores on-premise. Right. So my last role with them, my team managed convenience, which was at the time the biggest piece of the business.
1: All right, so factoring um, the impulse purchase portion of beer sales, when people start paying at the pump, how do you counter that when they don't go inside the store like they used to go inside that the store? That is
0: a huge uh, challenge for Convenience stores. Mm -hmm. And if you look at all of the digital things that they're doing now in the pump to try to get you to come in. Come inside. With the rewards cards, things of that nature. There is a lot of data out there that says what percentage of the gas pump, if you will, purchases don't go inside. And if you can convince one more Mm -hmm. person to go inside, it would grow your sales by double digits. So the whole idea is, again, to try to get them to come inside. So you'll see what's called – Pump poppers, mm-hmm. which will be advertising on top of the the uh, gas pumps themselves. Yep. There's the digital advertisement itself. So there are a lot of different tools that that convenience store is trying to utilize with their retail, or I should say, their consumer products uh, partners, to try to get you to come in and, and buy a product.
1: Yeah, you know, no, it's just I'm out of my own curiosity. because no, you I know I'm pumped fast. Like you know, I I told you that in 2013, uh, chewing gum sales in America were down five percent from the year before. People go five percent. What's well, what's a big deal? Well, it's a billion dollar industry. And they, well, why are gum sales now? Well, it's a smartphone. Because the majority of the gum sales were impulse purchase when they were in the checkout line. Instead of looking around now for mints and gum, they looked at their smartphone to check Facebook, Instagram, send emails. And that's why they stopped buying gum, because they were doing something else with their eyeballs. Anyway, back on well, topic. Well, you know what? what?
2: The takeaway there, what's really cool is that somebody had to go in and sell those programs in. Right. And... The, the thing that Byron did better than anybody I met and does it today is knows knows how to build relationships, maintain relationships, and that's where all of that stuff comes in. Once you use that topper, that's it. There's not ten toppers there. Right. Everybody wants that real estate. Of course. It goes to somebody based on relationship and then product. And,
1: so much and, of the book and what we talk about is about relationships. It's all relationships. Oh, totally. so, so if you're the master, Byron, of relationship building, what are the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to create or build a relationship?
0: It's really based on trust and you understanding. When you've got the opportunity to meet someone, you've got to make sure that that opportunity is valued. In other words, if I'm going to meet someone for a particular sale, if I'm only coming to talk about what my product can do and not really relay how the use of my product is going to help that particular person reach Mm -hmm. their goals. Mm -hmm. If you're only talking into me instead of the we, it it may sound very elementary, but (laughs) at the end of the day, you will be more successful if you can try to figure out how do you help your customer reach their goals. Mm. And what I used to tell my sales guys at, at Coors, and if you don't know what your buyer's goals are, Or how are you going to get them to meet their goal? Right. So ask them.
1: We we talked about this in the last two episodes, identifying what their problem is, what their need is, and come prepared to provide those solutions. All relationships have to be symbiotic. If you're going in to sell something and you want their money and they're not gaining from it, their relationship is dead in the water.
2: So here, even before that, when Byron and I met, there was no logical way that we would do business together. That was not apparent. Um, we we had a mutual friend. We liked each other. We smoked cigars. We we knew how to, how to have a good time. At one point in our careers, we said, "Hey, we both know a lot of people. What can we do together right. to sort of take those relationships to the next level?" And we did. And that only happens because people like know you, like you, and trust you. Mm-hmm. Not about cores. Not about coke. Not about any of the other things that I had done in my career. He just knew people valued his relationship the same way he valued it. There was that mutual respect and it happened. Um, it, coincidentally, we went to meet somebody. I said, Hey, I got an opportunity to go meet, um, somebody who actually manufactures shampoos and potions and lotions and
1: cosmetic related. Yeah. Uh huh was here
2: in Doral. We go and we... I said, come with me. Let's see what what happens. We go, we sit there, and we looked at the opportunity, and the opportunity was probably good for our friends at Publix. Right. Which I'm sure Gary Carell will be listening to this. Now, why would it be good this. for them? Why, why is it good for but them? We, we thought we could entertain them doing their own private label. Gotcha. So a lot of retailers look to do something mm-hmm. on their own mm-hmm. with their name on it. And so, long story short, we had this fantastic meeting. We're leaving. And before we leave, the owner of the company says... I want to show you something. I got something else going on. And he brings out the chemist and the chemist shows us something. And, and I like, I look at Byron and I go, I think this is like that product Latisse. You know, and Latisse at that time was doing about $140 million. And one of the byproducts of it was that it would change the color of your eyes. <laughs> I'm like, wow, women are buying this product uh-huh. to grow their eyelashes. And they're willing to risk all of the
1: downsides. I go, when you say, when you, when you say byproduct, you mean side effect. Yes. Side effect. Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. Side effects are negative.
2: I, oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Right. I just want to make right. sure. Right.
1: Yeah. So, right. so the they were they were willing to risk changing the color of their eyes. Believe it. Blew my mind. Because it was a were, prescription product that's,
2: that actually had these. You know. But so so the takeaway was the product we were looking at that they had developed <laughs> was all natural. I look at him and I go, "Here it is, buddy. This is our business <laughs> it's opportunity." And he goes, "What are you talking about?" I go. Between everybody that we know, the only barrier to entry was, I think, a $50,000 check.
0: Yep, yep.
2: So you know what? Boom, both of us put together a business plan, bellied up. And I don't know if you want to finish the story, but it was. Well,
0: uh, again, it was a great idea, great concept. We created, we took a product that didn't have a name, didn't have packaging, didn't have a home and created all of the different channels for it. We, we thought the, the packaging was a very beautiful packaging. We obviously learned a lot. We obviously lost a lot. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of that whole entrepreneurial path of learning and, and developing and trying to figure out the next step. So we went into it thinking that the growth opportunity and the, the, the really the profit was going to come from online sales.
2: I'm so glad you remember
0: You know, great. we did after, not discuss this. Yeah, yeah. but it, it really, we, we thought, hey, well, all of the people that we know in the SEO space, and I tell people this all the time from an entrepreneur standpoint, there will be vendors and, and other people and agencies that come up to you, they're going to promise you the world, and they're going to under-deliver. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we looked at <laughs> all of the different channels that we can sell this product, and, you know, the interesting thing, because of relationships, our biggest channel became duty-free. Duty-free. This product was the number one selling product from a profit standpoint per inch on American Airlines, internationally, Mm -hmm. Delta Airlines, and a lot of other, yeah, cruise Cruise ships. It was unbelievable. And that became, and the way that we got that relationship was because of someone that I knew in that space.
2: Mm -hmm. When we started the business, inventory all packed up, ready to do these online sales, and the first day that we started, (laughs) the first day, we had all the credit card, all the merchant processing done. We get a letter from the bank that says we are shutting down all of these recurring programs. You know, like right now, if you order something, they oh, automatically they automatically enroll yeah, you in forever. Yeah. We know. We were like, uh, I forgot what the exact term that they use, but they go, "We're shutting it down." I looked at him and I go, "We have." 50000 dollars worth of inventory sitting
1: there, man. I was like, and the and the basis was that every month they were going to get a new,
2: I new. It two. was going to be great. I, we were basically counting the checks because the first day sales were all, off the chart, fantastic. The end of the day, we get a thing up. Oh, the bank won't take credit cards. But on you had
1: done your homework. This oh, was yeah. an unforeseen sudden change in the marketplace.
2: Right. So that's the best story for for us because as entrepreneurs, we dreamed big. We. Took a big shot at the plate and something happened that was completely out of our control. Mm-hmm. That what do two sales guys do? Let's start humping, but right. <laughs> and we gotta start calling and and we were able to get distribution through some of the retail friends we had, through and then this duty free thing. So what the original so this is what I wanted to get out. Find a way. The original business plan that we had was total shit light it up done it could not happen anymore couldn't collect money to do it so we went another route and man did we learn so much about who we were what we could do I mean all of a sudden it was like a big business we had you know a bunch of people working for them I actually met Michelle through this he went to Dallas to hire reps and Michelle was one of the early (laughs) reps. what's the name of the product Celia, Celia, and which Celia, is French
1: for eyelash, and it's an eyelash uh, natural. Well, th-
2: this particular one eyelash I, and I, eyebrow. I don't, re- I don't re- recommend that they use this particular Not that package because the, yeah, shelf life on that expired. expired years ago. This one will shut your eyes forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, in that case, let's not but, search uh, you know, Amazon. What I try
2: for. and bring to people on this show and what we talk about is that. It never goes the way you think it is. And there's that, you know, oh, success was this straight line to the moon. For no one. Correct. We had no idea. We wound up doing um, much more business in this product than I ever thought we did, but at the end of the day realized we weren't making any money. Right. Actually, a very good friend of ours at Estee Lauder said – Two good-looking guys like you should not be in the cosmetics.
1: <laughs> now, why is that?
2: Why? She said you should have a female perspective. You're going to create oh, female products. Gotcha. And she said you can't have one product. Mm-hmm. Now you've come with something that was good. Everybody loved it. And they said you got to come out with another product. And that's where we said, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have the didn't have the stomach for it at that point. So
1: you guys got a master's uh, degree in uh, entrepreneurship, I guess. When the market changes, So you don't look at losing that money as much as paying for an expensive education you were preparing for, and uh, it was challenging it, and changing
2: it times. Was equally, um, so the challenge was was so much fun to go through together. We will always have that, you know the the scars that he talks about. So there are very few people in the world that. <clears throat> If I needed to call them about a sales challenge, I would. This is that guy. This is that guy that knows how to be in the field, knows how to manage sales teams, sales opportunities, and he's an engineer.
0: <laughs> On top of
2: what? that. So he's a smart guy. In, in addition to the good looks, yes.
0: In,
1: that's what he, was trying to, that's in, what he was trying to say. In addition to being too good looking for women's cosmetics, he's also a very smart guy.
2: I threw that? the good looks in there. I figured I can get away with it.
1: All right. So, so Byron, you know, Steve says managing sales teams and uh, effectively and such. Um, So there's a lot of folks listening to this, this podcast, and, and that's exactly what they do. And they're trying to figure out why it is or how it is and not quite yet where they want to or need to be. So you would tell folks that you, you know, try to follow and learn from today's, uh, I guess, episode. um, Absolute do's, absolute don'ts. I know there's very few absolutes in life but some people don't realize they continue to make this mistake and they really need to stop. Which would that be?
0: I think the biggest thing in terms of the don'ts is never promise something that you can't deliver.
1: People don't forget.
0: If your word doesn't mean anything, you can forget it. And I, No matter what, I, I can remember that being part of what my dad taught me as a kid, but also as I got into the workforce force itself, one of my old you know, sales managers always told me that never promise something that you can't deliver, and I still say that to this day. And then the second thing is what I really mentioned earlier. Make sure that you understand not just what your business is about, but also what your, if you will, your economic buyer's goals and expectations are. If I'm selling to someone something or some product or service, I need to make sure that this product or service has been communicated in such a way that they can clearly see the relationship between what I'm sharing with them and them attaining and up reaching and exceeding their goals,
1: them to easily understand why it would be good for them to do business with you. Exactly. In advance, Steve. In advance. In advance. In advance. Do your homework in advance. Yeah. That theme seems to continue. Well, you know, and
2: you also you just never know where things lead. He's he owns a healthcare company now, mm-hmm. which nothing in your background <laughs> pointed to that. No, there no, was an no. opportunity.
0: Well, it, it's all about the relationships.
2: You know, I had
0: to, had a friend that was working for Quest Diagnostic about 10 years ago. End up meeting his... Fully. Yeah, fully. fully. Meeting his boss's boss's boss, his boss, his boss <laughs> was, which was one of the guys that took Quest Diagnostic public from Corning. Mm-hmm. And he'd retired with that, you know, The Good Life. And he and I stayed in contact over the years. And I would always share with him some of my entrepreneurial thoughts. And so about five or six years ago, he was like, look, Byron, you've got this great idea. I love it. I want to be part of it. And so with the three of us, we created this business... That provides a, a, a really a needed service, what we call an auxiliary services for Medicaid and Medicare insurance companies. So the average Medicaid insurance company, we're talking about billion dollar organizations. <laughs> they literally cannot get in contact with 30 to 60 percent of their members because of that membership population. You know low to no income, sometimes their phone numbers change, sometimes that phone number is only good certain parts of the day mm-hmm. or certain times of the month I should say. Mm-hmm. So if they can't obtain their quality rating scores if they can't locate the members. so they hire us to locate, educate, and re-engage those members back into their wellness plan.
1: So you saw um, I guess a, a need in the marketplace. And said, okay, here's our next adventure.
2: Exactly. And it, Which is the absolute entrepreneurial That's spirit. what it's all about. That's exactly what it is. Seeing an opportunity, seeing the need. Creating it. And then, and then having the risk tolerance to say, I'm jumping out of the plane and I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, I don't know where it's going to take me, but I'm going to go there. That, that is not most people's makeup. Most people's makeup is I need a clearly defined path, I want to know. forty hours a week, I want to know exactly what it for is. The year of my know, W-2. And then they look back and say, Wow, I wish I could have or should have or mm-hmm. you know, and so you know, as I coach individuals, it's not it doesn't make you bad. There's plenty of presidents of companies who do not have an entrepreneurial spirit that are great presidents. You know, there there's a roadmap for everybody, but once you cross the bridge to be an entrepreneur you can do it over and over. And for me, the upfront stuff is the most fun. The building, the vision, the all of the energy. Once you get it, you know, the car on the racetrack, then it's already driving. It's uh, For me, it's never been as fun as the early stage. Like, uh, where man. is this thing going to go?
1: Byron, you remember your first entrepreneurial activity? Last, uh, last episode, uh, Cat was in high school. He started a Monopoly game for his hometown. <laughs> and uh, he sold the local businesses to be on the game board which sold a lot better than the game itself. That's
2: a good question. Right? Yeah.
1: Do you remember your first foray? You said you're a product. Earlier, you said you're a product of two entrepreneurs. Right. So imagine that you're talking about family-wise. Yes. Okay. What was your first foray where it wasn't, hey, kid, go do a lemonade stand, but you said, ooh, I'm going to go do this? Well, uh, as
0: you mentioned, I'm the product of two entrepreneurs. My dad owned a dry cleaners for about 45 years, and I ended up taking over that dry cleaners when my dad was in his probably mid to late 80s. Mm. Uh, I was still working for Coors at the time, and going back to what Steve said earlier about sticking both feet in—you can't do both. I still was, you know, managing a, a team. I was living in Denver, but my dry cleaners was in Jacksonville, and I had other people managing it. Yeah. So I'm taking money from one entity, yeah. Yeah. and putting it in into the dry cleaners, and quickly that money was being evaporated.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a way. Like going. dry cleaning, it has a way of going away. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. So that was it? That was your first one? That was
0: my first one, yeah. I bought that. I I, I bought it from my dad. And uh, subsequently, in about a year or so, unfortunately, I had to close that business down because of the the
2: sheer losses that that I was experiencing. But but you had major takeaways from that that don't necessarily equate to the dollars. But that education is invaluable. There's nobody I deal with that's successful that can't point exactly to the failures and what they took away from them.
0: You know I wish uh, looking back on it, I wish I had taken those same dollars and just put them into making my dad a consultant and flying him around to mm. provide uh, expertise to the dry cleaners my, my dad was a was in the dry cleaning business before World War two mm-hmm. think wow. about that he was already what was considered a master presser before World yeah. War two yeah so you know the 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 I tell people all the time when I would go to school as a kid I had creases like you know yeah. you <laughs> could cut you could cut stakes <laughs> with the creases that my dad would I mean, my dad knew sharp. how to clean clothes. Yes, yeah. So, I, you know, that was some learning. A lot of learning from that, though. So, I, I is that what the about.
1: phrase "looking sharp" comes from? Absolutely. Oh, Is it really? <laughs> oh I believe it is. Yeah. I believe "looking sharp" has to do with the creases that—that that is fire fantastic. and wore to school. That's yeah. the best takeaway yet. Kid in <laughs> fourth grade with the sharpest ed- uh, edges on his pants. He can dress,
2: man. The man can definitely.
1: You learn dance. something every week. Every week, "looking sharp" it. comes from. Do you it. ever break the ice? We ever teach You're you that good one? Like that? We yeah. teach you that one. You want to guess that one? Do you know that one? I don't. Break the ice. You know the origin of the term breaking the ice please tell me because it sounds kind of social right so you'd think like cocktails and such that's with tugboats getting into the harbor to break up the ice so things could get flowing things get flowing the ships could get in the ships could get out
2: so how about do you know what the origin of on the ball is uh being on the ball that's the name of your company true but there is an origin for the term on the ball oh why don't you share with us so in when you fly in aeronautics Mm -hmm. is that what it is aeronautics yeah um when and and fly, aviation. Aviation. Right. When you fly, there's, no, more scientific. there's a ball that you steer on, <laughs> mm-hmm. and if the ball stays in the mirror, middle, that's when you're the on plane, the ball. You're on the ball. You're actually flying the plane from being on the ball. Mm-hmm. It's a gimbal
0: it's a, or something uh, like I think It's a gimbal, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. yeah. Whoa, yeah. You know, you know what? Right. All right, so one more on that. Balls to the wall. As fellas, we think it means something of testicular fortitude. <laughs> Doesn't it's from the world of aviation? It's from the old pushing that yoke all the way forward right. for aviation. Let's fly as fast, hard as we can, Given all you got. Yeah. Those balls on the end of that yoke, right? Balls to the See, ball. I told you, we promise. Problem education,
2: problem. education.
1: Byron's like, why am I here?
2: Right. Right. right now, he's like, why am I here?
0: It's it's a great conversation, guys. Please go keep going.
2: But, <laughs> But actually, the reason why he's here is to smoke a cigar with me. Is that right? Is that right? We are, Um,
1: For the entrepreneurs out there, because there are young people I know. I mean, they're Facebook friends of mine. These are young women in their late 20s, early 30s that listen to his podcast. For those that say, well, I consider myself an entrepreneur, um, as far as, like, advice. I'm constantly being asked for advice from the young kids in our internship program at ESPN West Palm. And I tell them, don't be looking for jobs. Think to create your own opportunities in life. That's the one thing I always try think for yourself how you can, A, come to someone with an idea that is sustainable, makes their life easier, makes them look good, makes them money. And if all those things are met, odds are good, you may partner up on it. What do you tell the folks when they go, well, you're a successful entrepreneur, uh, what advice would you give?
0: Well, I think part of it is really adjusting your lifestyle. I think you need to look at it as an entrepreneur. There will be struggles. I mean, it's not, you know, you open a business and it's immediate success. Mm-hmm. You've got to manage your day. You've got to manage your money. You hear people all the time say you need you need six months' worth of, you know, liquid cash to be able to take care of your bills. As an entrepreneur, I think you need about two to three years. Right. Because when you're building a brand. Everything goes right back in. Okay, so that money goes back into the business. So, you, you know, you really look at it. It might be five years before you're generating dollars to cover pr- – to get to the profit point, mm-hmm. you want to first of all cover costs, and then there's profit. Because generally, if you're hiring people, they eat before the owner does. Right. So the pro- the process is, and Steve talked about earlier, you know, building a, a business plan. The business plan isn't really that you've got to follow it from A to Z, but it should help you look at and find some of the potential hurdles that you're going to experience throughout the process.
1: Um, so when you hear or read that the new American Alliance of Football prior to their second weekend of games, even with their CBS television contract, when they were not being able to make payroll, you thought what? Well, I
0: was actually very surprised because they've got some very good names behind them. And yes. the fact that they've got a national TV contract, yes. for them to be saying anybody. that. Was so, it
1: depending I, on attendance and they revenue? Could, you, 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 they, they can't.
0: And, and I think, That's what I said. Yeah, and I'm sure in that scenario there are some hidden dollars that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. But for them to be saying that after two or three weeks, and and let's let's be honest, I mean, it's second week. It's a product that fills a niche, right? Oh, people want the product, right. but, and, it's a, but it's and it's not a niche. bad looking product no, either. But, though, but
1: it's a niche. It's a niche. It's need. a niche.
0: Yeah, yeah. correct. And so I found it very and disappointing. I found it very disappointing. Me too. Me too. Because you know, again, outside of the NFL season, some of us go through withdrawal, right? And you had, a, you had a solution that could
1: have taken us to at but least... they weren't playing on the Nashville network. They had a CBS contract right. with real names and real investors and Charlie Ebersole, Right. And it's the second, and Bill Poley, and it's the right. second weekend. They're missing payroll, and they need a cash infusion. And I go, okay, yeah. they're in trouble. Speaking of in trouble, we're running late now. See, now we're, now we're in but trouble. we're having fun. This we one's are. A good That's one. what it's all about. That's a good one. Byron Dennis, partner at Best Foot Ford Sales Incorporated, friend of Steve's. And if you were in a Los Angeles area hotel lounge, possibly Wesley Snipes once or twice.
0: I'm bigger than he is, though.
1: You are. Yes, you are. And I'm bigger than Vin Diesel. Yes. So. And, and apparently you pay your taxes. Ooh, we
0: we're going to get into that. <laughs> Apparently.
1: <laughs> Listen, I don't, but so who's <laughs> counting? We don't ask. Thank you very much, Brian. Appreciate meeting you. It was good Thank to you, have you with Appreciate us. you Appreciate having the me. the time. Steve, we don't ask people how you doing. Uh, You tell them to ask you to tell you to something good. So why don't you, as we wrap up, number 57 for Dwight Stevenson and the people at Sauce? Tell us something good, my brother. Here is something good. Um, At the end of the game, you...
2: Um, can judge a person by the quality of their friends
1: mm-hmm. and i am
2: a very very rich dude to be friendly with this guy so yes that, you are i am i love him
1: no he yeah. said i couldn't say anything bad about One you but since favorite. we're done i want to say can you say the same thing back by <laughs> <laughs> and now you can see now he's done oh yep <laughs> it's it, i'm sure it's mutual it's mutual i imagine
0: absolutely guy yes. I mean,
1: yeah yeah, the company you keep, right? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that theme,
2: I, I think you can do good things with good people around you. Correct. That's what it always comes down to. You don't need more friends, you
1: need better friends. You don't need a bigger circle. The story. quality
2: of people, man, this is a guy I can count on always over and over, and I'm just grateful for that, and that's something good.
1: Well, we're, we're grateful for you, Steve, and for the book, and for the podcast. And uh, for the uh, eyelashes, and I'm going to give away to a female <laughs> friend of mine tonight. And Oh, no, don't. I'll see if I have some current <laughs> stuff. Galaxy glue. Do you <laughs> remember <laughs> the old Incredible Shrinking Woman, Lily Tomlin, with the, the glue the husband brought home, and it wasn't approved yet, and she shrunk down. And, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that would happen. now. a 1981 <laughs> 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 movie reference. All right, listen. We'll Let's put do a bow on this one. Let's do put it again. again. Let's go yeah. for 5'8". Yeah. For Steve Nittleberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman the podcast. So long, everybody.